Hello and welcome to Belmont Journal. I'm Jane Peters filling in for Roger Colton this week. The Town of Belmont invites you to serve as a volunteer on one of Belmont's vacant town committees. There are many committee appointments to be made. You can visit the link below to view a complete list of committees appointed by the selectmen and the number of vacancies available on each committee. The board is looking for Belmont residents with a variety of talents and backgrounds who are willing to make the commitment to serving. Residents with no past committee service, past committee members, and current committee members are all encouraged to apply. The application period will close at the end of the day on Friday, August 2nd, 2019. Applications received after August 3rd will be accepted on an as-needed basis. Belmont Porch Fest will be taking place on September 7th, 2019 and is a time for musicians, actors, jugglers, acrobats, writers, and artists to perform on Belmont Porches across the town. Find info and sign up for volunteers positions on Belmont Porch Fest's website. Up first, we have an interview with Jesse Bennett about traffic in Belmont and some studies that have been done about this. Hi everyone, we're here today with Jesse Bennett. Jesse is the chair of the High School Traffic Working Group. Uh, they had a meeting on June 13th and then a follow-up meeting on July 12th right. um, to discuss some suggestions uh, that came from a study by the BSC group that looked mm -hmm. at traffic around mainly the schools. Um, can you talk a little bit about what uh, area they were looking at and kind of what they found in the study? Yeah, so we um, contracted with BSC group um, the uh, town's engineer, head of the Office of Community Development, Glenn Clancy, chose BSC Group to be the consultant on this project because they had already done the townwide traffic study. Mm -hmm. They were familiar with some of the existing issues in the area and um, they have a real engineering approach mm -hmm. to the ideas that they come up with. So having an engineer look at it and try to come up with options that would work uh, seemed like the best way forward. Mm -hmm. We had uh, Sam Ofeado, who is our consultant at BSC Group, look at the entire area from Concord Avenue up to Washington Street okay. and then from Common Street all the way over to Bright Road. Okay. And so with the key focus being this kind of knot that happens at Godin and School Street mm -hmm. but also just looking at what the um, what the infrastructure problems are mm -hmm. in that neighborhood and trying to solve a couple of like really thorny problems for us or at least come up with some ideas for solving those problems. Can you go a little bit more into depth about what some of those things that they focused on were? So one of the things um, that um, Sam focused on was the accessibility of the sidewalks mm -hmm. and um, were they, were there, you know, protected sidewalks all along these key school routes that go to Wellington, that go to Chenery, that go to Burbank and that go to the new 7 to 12 campus. Mm -hmm. um, so there are a lot of issues with the sidewalks all over town. Right. And so it's no surprise that there are issues in this neighborhood. Mm -hmm. um, on the Safe Routes to School Townwide Committee, we've noted some of these issues for years. Mm -hmm. um, you know, that many of the sidewalks are very narrow. If the, there's some places where they're non-existent, there's some places where they're so pushed up by roots from the trees that, you know, they're not really passable yeah, without right. like, you know, real, um, Little, you, you can't pass them, especially if you're riding, like um, if you're in a wheelchair, if you right. have a scooter, like a or kid if you bike, have, or yeah, yeah, kid bike, or, or yeah, exactly. Mm -hmm. So, um, and again, a problem that we have all over town. Yep. We're taking a moment to focus on this neighborhood, you know, out of um, under the auspices of the high school traffic working group because it's going to be impacted by the new school. Sure. So we want to make sure that we're looking ahead um, and preparing for the increase in traffic that we would see there. Mm -hmm. um, 
So one of the suggestions had to do with the uh, intersection at Godin mm -hmm. and School Street. Mm -hmm. And that's probably the, the single suggestion that is kind of the trickiest one to address. Mm -hmm. it's, it's a really, um, it's an offset intersection. I think a lot of people have probably driven through there. They know how odd it is. Mm -hmm. um, it kind of goes off in a weird jog as you're heading up with each other, southbound yeah. on Godin. Um, and it kind of goes on to School Street for a little bit. So um, our consultant looked at that and said, the key problem there and is that you want to make that intersection into a real box. Mm -hmm. um, the only way he could see that would solve that, um, that could work in the long run, was to take this one stretch of Godin Street from School Street up to where Orchard connects with it mm -hmm. and turn that into a one-way section. So it would just be one-way southbound. So you wouldn't have any approaching traffic to that intersection mm -hmm. on that one stretch of Godin. Okay. But, you know, when you squeeze a balloon, it tries to get out, yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. it goes go into other places. Right, yeah, right. It goes. So we know that if we did make that change, that would then route traffic onto Orchard Street mm -hmm. going westbound over to Common and on Orchard Street going eastbound over to School Street. And that's, that's not a perfect solution either. Mm -hmm. So we've got to look at, um, we've, we've asked our consultant after the July 12th meeting, we're asking him to go back and look at it and see if we can maybe come up with any other ideas that mm -hmm. might help us deal with that intersection. Mm -hmm. um, he was also looking at turn restrictions coming off of Concord Avenue to kind of limit some of the, the traffic during key times of day mm -hmm. on these side streets to encourage motorists to stick to Common Street or go over to Bright. Um, again, you know, we, we have to make sure that that doesn't impact other streets, that yep. people aren't trying to like wiggle their way past Burbank to avoid any tie-ups, for instance, down on Concord or, um, or, or on Bright Road. So it's just a matter of making sure, and, and then of course the Leonard Street Bridge is mm -hmm. already not Scaring. a great intersection. <laughs> so, um, and we know that if that backs up too much, then we're backing up all the way to the stoplight at Concord and Godin that will be going in there. Mm -hmm. so, um, so it is a tricky issue. There's already really high volumes of traffic, not just in Belmont, but in all of the inner ring suburbs. This mm -hmm. is a, a regional problem. Mm -hmm. um, but you know, we have to try to make our neighborhoods as livable and as safe as we possibly can for all residents sure. so, and all users of the of the of the roads and sidewalks. So. Yeah, and so this is an ongoing thing. Yeah. It's nothing is set in stone yet. Nothing They're kind of just throwing stone. out suggestions right, right. now. Mm -hmm. um, you said that there's going to be a follow up meeting right. about some of these things that they found and some of the suggestions that they have, mm -hmm. so people can kind of stay yep. up to date on what's going on there and give their feedback at some of those meetings, probably. Absolutely, and people can send um, emails to myself, um, jessiebennett at gmail.com, mm -hmm. um, if they want to get in touch with the committee. Um, they can also get in touch with Glenn Clancy at the mm -hmm. Office of Community Development. Um, and, you know, we're, we'll be taking people's feedback all, all through this process. Um, we had a lot of people show up at the July 12th meeting, and I was really encouraged to see the engagement. The last thing I want to see is for our committee to be like, well, that looks like a great idea, you know, based on the limited amount of feedback we were getting, and then um, for people to feel blindsided by mm -hmm. something. So um, we're trying to be as transparent as possible um, and try to get as much feedback as we possibly can. Um, so that, that meeting, we haven't set it yet, but mm -hmm. it will be probably in September. Awesome. Um, it will give us an opportunity to get some of this feedback back to our consultant 
get some responses from him, maybe some new ideas, um, and see where we can go from there. Great. And in the meantime, people can stay up to date with what happened at the past two meetings by going to Belmont Media Center's website mm -hmm. and seeing, watching those meetings in their entirety. Yep. Yep. And uh, hopefully people will uh, stay tuned and show up for some of those meetings and take advantage of the opportunity to give their yep, input. And they those. can see the entire presentation from the June 13th meeting on the Belmont Town of Belmont website um, and we are almost up to date on all our minutes there Great. too. So. Great. Awesome. <laughs> so, um, but again, they, it, I'm, I'm happy to um, talk with people about their concerns. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for coming in today to thank talk about so this. Thank you so much. I think right. it affects a lot of people. Yep. So with that, we will move on. We are joined today with Joanna Jubilis from the Citizen Herald. Thank you so much for coming in today to share updates on some of the stories that are in the paper this week. You're welcome. I do have one piece of bad news to mm -hmm. share. There was a stabbing in Belmont on July 17th. Mm -hmm. In the morning, the Belmont police responded to a call that there was a stabbing on Partridge Lane, a home on Partridge La mm -hmm. Lane, and a woman, when they got there, a woman was suffering from stab wounds. A man fled the scene and they were able to follow him in, in the car mm -hmm. and reached him in Cambridge when he got into an accident. He was, he was fleeing the police, yep. but they caught him when he crashed his car. Mm -hmm. And his name is Hector Romero. He's 51. He is a Belmont resident. Mm -hmm. he's, ex he's actually being arraigned this afternoon at okay. Cambridge District Court. He's being charged with armed assault with intent to murder in connection with the apparent stabbing of this woman who apparently he knew. Mm -hmm. We don't know if she's a Belmont resident. We don't know how serious her injuries were. We okay. do know that she did have a cut to her throat because a witness told WCBB that um, he went to assist and put his own shirt to help stop the bleeding. Scary situation. So we don't know what her condition is. Mm -hmm. We also don't know if she's a Belmont resident. I was told that she is not. Okay. but I haven't confirmed it. And he's also being charged with reckless operation of a motor vehicle, two counts of wanton destruction of property, and failure to stop for police. And I'll okay. have more news about that next week. All right, so people can stay up to date on that story there. Mm -hmm. um, moving on from that, um, there is a group of citizens in Belmont, the League for Better Health and Safety, that has been looking at turf fields at the new high, middle high school. Can yes. you tell us about that? Belmont resident Cabell Eames is very concerned about things in the environment that can cause harm, mm -hmm. in particular turf fields made with crumb rubber, mm -hmm. which give off, they have toxins, um, they can cause cancer. She, she said that she believes they can cause mm -hmm. cancer. There's been studies. They don't, they, don't, they don't have confirmed conclusive evidence on this. Okay. But she's also concerned about how much heat a turf field gives off and she's actually taking readings of the turf fields here in Belmont, mm -hmm. one at the Wellington. She got a reading of 150 degrees on a on a day that maybe was wow. 100 yeah. degrees and then she's comparing that to regular fields, regular grass fields mm -hmm. and she's actually getting, you know, temperature readings that are lower than the actual temperature outside. Mm -hmm. So if it's in the it's if it's 100 degrees, she's getting a reading in the 70s. So she's really pro real grass yep. against turf fields. Okay. But she'd like to see the Belmont Middle and High School Committee look at options, if they really want turf, look at options that are organic, okay. that don't have this crumb okay. rubber in it, mm -hmm. or a substance and that And those options that are out there. Those. Yes. And so the building committee uh, appointed Bob McLaughlin mm -hmm. to study all the different types of turf fields and do a comparison with regular grass fields. Mm -hmm. And on August 21st at 7 p.m. at the Beach Street Center, the public is invited to mm -hmm. hear what his findings are and to weigh in Great. on the decision that the building committee will need to make in the early fall. 
And does the Board of Health have a position on what has been found so far? The Board of Health, I, I went to their meeting on Wednesday, mm -hmm. and they said they are not going to make a decision on this yet. They, they were considering voting about where they stand on this, mm -hmm. but they want to see what the findings are from the Belmont High School Building Committee first. Okay. They do um, agree, though, that Cabell, Cabell wants to see signage okay. warning people about the temperature and about the fact that you should so wash your hands So at the very least people clothes. are aware of what Yes, yeah, so they're do. looking into putting signage okay, where great. turf fields. So again, that's August 21st, 7th, 7 p.m., uh, public yeah. meeting that people can go and get at their the input at. Street Center. All right, yeah. great. Well, thank you so much for coming in You're to welcome. talk about these stories today. We'll see you next week. Okay, we're joined with Franklin Tucker from the Belmontonian. Thank you for being here with us today. Thank you for Franklin. having me. Um, so the first thing you've brought for us to talk about is um, some plans for some conceptual work that will be going on. That's right. It will be design work uh, for a uh, improvement uh, uh, outside of or adjacent to uh, Belmont Hill School, mm -hmm. uh, the uh, Park Prospect and Marsh Streets. Mm -hmm. um, it's basically uh, road work and um, just trying to calm traffic and mm -hmm. uh, make it a, li a little easier for people and, and uh, 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 to use sidewalks and bikes and, and, and travel. Mm -hmm. uh, the the, the uh, Board of Selectmen uh, approved a uh, 250, uh, uh, $245,000 basically uh, engineering grant mm -hmm. to um, uh, work on this. Uh, we'll and, and then uh, after that work is done, uh, the town will go to the state to see if it can pick up at least about $1.6 million in total cost. Uh, this will be a great improvement for the area. Now, people along Rutledge Road mm -hmm. were very concerned because they believe that this construction will bring traffic down their streets. Yep. So, but the town says uh, that uh, once the uh, all-town traffic uh, study is done, they'll have ways of, of calming and uh, not preventing traffic from going down those side streets, mm -hmm. but at least limiting it. Okay, great. And we'll learn more about that as time goes on mm -hmm. and how that progresses. And speaking of road work, you've got another story about some road work <laughs> that's going to be going on. Uh, important road work. Yeah. It's going at the high school. Uh, right. um, as you know, that the uh, exit that was outside the high school for Concord Avenue is no longer in existence. Mm -hmm. It's, it's, it's uh, gone. Um, so right now, uh, all the traffic that's going to be coming in and out of the high school is basically either going to be coming down um, Underwood or going down Hittinger Street, especially Hittinger Street going out of the school. Okay. So what the town wanted to do, and, and, and they got some great advice from the um, high school traffic working group, is to do a lot of infrastructure work such as sidewalks and, and making a path along Underwood that will uh, allow bicycle and pedestrians to have much easier access. Okay. Uh, and, 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 and doing curbing also. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. uh, that uh, that uh, bid came in. Uh, it came in about one hundred sixty thousand uh, dollars higher than the, anybody thought. But that's oh. because we're in the middle of the construction season as it is. Okay. Now the problem, of course, is that everything started a little late. Mm -hmm. So all this work may not get done by the time school starts. Okay. So there's going to be a little bit more construction, yep. and there might even be a street that uh, has to be delayed a year. Okay. Uh, until basically uh, spring of next year when the construction season starts. But they're, but they're at least looking at it. Okay, great. And then the last story that you have brought in for us today to talk about is the new restaurant that's going in. That's right. It's uh, Jamaica Jeff's um, is going where the uh, Indian restaurant is, uh, a, a really good restaurant yep. uh, that uh, the owner simply wanted to retire. Yep. Okay. So uh, there was an opening. Yep. Uh, the person who is uh, bringing this concept into Belmont is a Belmont resident, mm -hmm. but he's not uh, a native Belmont resident. 
for the last 24 years, uh, uh, Jeffrey Lassiter was a person in the Foreign Service okay. of the United States. Cool. He did a lot of drug enforcement and law enforcement. He, he was everywhere you can think of. He's just the most, he's really a fascinating guy. Yeah. You, if you ever get a chance to talk to him, do so, because he's just got story after story. I mean, he was in Afghanistan. He was, he had a car blow up beside him. You know, he's uh -huh. been in really weird situations. And it sounds like he's bringing a lot of that flair and fun to yeah. this restaurant. He, he certainly is. Well, he's bringing a lot of flair and yeah. fun because he's from Mobile, Alabama. <laughs> and he's going to bring a and it's a lot of Jamaican food, and he's got friends who are over in the in the Caribbean where he, again, worked as a mm -hmm. foreign service officer. So he's bringing them in there to help run this restaurant, to help get this restaurant started. Great. And the plan and hope is to have it open September 1st. September 1st. All right. So we'll be looking forward to that. Thank you so much for coming in today to chat with us. You got those in real quick, and uh, we'll see you next week. Thank you. Thank you. Another groundbreaking ceremony was held this week in Belmont, this time at the Grove Street Park. Belmont Journal was there. We spoke with the friends of Grove Street Park to tell us more. Several years back, a group of neighbors formed a friends group called the Friends of Grove Street Park, and we came together to look at some options for the park using an opportunity to submit to the Community Preservation Committee uh, to access funds for recreation. This is a youth pa park in many ways. It's, it's, a, it's a wonderful park for, for organized sports and, and, and kids play here of, of, of all ages, but, uh, and dog uh, walkers. This is one of our free range dog parks. But there's not much here for older people, and in fact it's hard for older people to get to, in some cases, the actual games that the kids are playing. Um, and so we had a number of instances where grandfathers couldn't watch their, their, their sons play baseball uh, and had to park outside the, the fence uh, in order to watch because they couldn't get a wheelchair into the park. Yep, so after uh, a few years of working with the community, we have a uh, walking trail, an intergenerational walkway path through the existing park. Um, it's a six foot wide asphalt walkway that goes around the soccer field and around the baseball field. Fully universally accessible, so handicap accessibility throughout the entire park going in and out. Some amenities with the park, there's a paver plaza adjacent to the tennis courts with some shade and uh, shade trees and benches. Uh, there's also several benches around the park for uh, passive users to be able to take a rest and, and grab some shade. We are adding two batting tunnels to support the Little League baseball facilities. And then there's several landscape improvements, uh, shade trees around the park. One of the other features we have is uh, in the corner of the park where there was an existing basketball court. We've removed that and we're creating a bike path so that uh, young users learning to use their tricycles or bicycles can use th those loops as a, a training facility and then hopefully graduate at one point to use the entire park for biking. I think one of the challenges on this project was the many user groups that we had to service. We were looking at both passive recreational users, so people walking the park, along with organized users, so soccer and baseball, so many competing interests and in trying to um, achieve satisfaction for all the users. The good news is, is that the meetings and the committees and the plans uh, are now behind us, and that has been uh, about a five-year project. What we're very excited now is that um, the heavy lifting is being taken up by people that are literally doing heavy liftings. We just can look out our windows or walk to the park and see the actual work starting. If you live in Belmont, you have noticed the construction going on at the high school. Joanna Juvelis gives us a special tour with Thomas Gatzunis, the project manager. Construction is proceeding on schedule and so far on budget, and that's how we're going to keep it. 
So this is all the prep work that's happening in order to prepare the site for um, a building construction. Utilities are going in. We're putting new water, new electric, new communications, uh, sewer and drains are all being installed. All the topsoil has been stripped. Um, most, as you saw, a lot of it has already been transported over to the Hittinger Street side. Um, more of this will be moved over there. It will be used as fill material between those piles and grade beams. Mm -hmm. Pool structure will be demolished and taken down because we don't want to have any of that demolition work happening when the students are here. Um, and then we'll start, when the students do come back, there will be construction activity taking place, but it will be out in the fields and farther away from the building. We're in the um, field house. All of the lockers have been removed out of the locker rooms. They're temporarily stored here. They'll be going upstairs to the new locker rooms. We're transforming the small gym to a locker room. Um, welding operations are taking place for this, some structural steel supports that are going along the end wall of the gym because the pool, which is on the other side, all of that structure comes down. We're leaving the pool in place but the building comes down and that wall has to be supported because it's now losing its structural support when we take that section of the building down. The space up here it will be the weight room. For the, it'll be the temporary weight room. Eventually it will be, um, part of this will be the permanent weight room, but for now there'll be modifications that are made to keep it safe, some netting that'll go up here so that no balls come flying from the field house into someone who's lifting weights. <clears throat> but this will be the weight room. Okay. Workout it room used here. Used to be seating. Used to be seating, correct. The balcony. Okay. Right. Will they put seating somewhere else? Yes. Oh. Yeah. There'll be more um, bleachers that can pull out bleachers that will go down on the field house floor. Have you ever wondered what to do with all the rain coming down in your yard? Sustainable Belmont has an answer for you. Roger Colton, volunteer reporter for the Belmont Journal, brings us this story. The Great American Rain Barrel Company partners with municipalities like Belmont to offer um, um, repurposed food barrels to residents for um, rainwater captures. We're at the DPW yard on um, C Street and we're distributing the rain barrels today. It's in conjunction with the cardboard um, drop-off. So down the way, people are bringing in their cardboard to be recycled, and people are also coming in here to pick up their rain barrels. A rain barrel uh, is, is, a, is a barrel that uh, collects runoff, usually uh, from roots. Um, uh, you'll, if you think about old Western movies, there are these barrels and someone comically would get like dumped in a barrel of water. That, that's a rain barrel. It's collecting runoff from a roof because collecting water uh, wasn't important and useful. So, so anywhere there's a downspout, you can stick a barrel and collect the rainwater. To me, it's sort of like, here comes the rain. It's, it's, it's going to fall down and flow away and I can capture it. If you're gonna fill up a watering can from a spigot, you can fill up a watering can from a rain barrel. Anywhere you're gonna put water on your property to, to water plants, you can use the rain barrel, the rainwater. I started doing rain barrels, uh, I had the idea of doing rain barrels right when we built this house, actually. 
Um, so it came into thinking how the downspouts come off the roof and, uh, uh, and you know, how, how we could collect water was part of the thinking from the beginning. I just thought, you know, it's a, it's a looking forward in time, you know, water's gonna be an issue. Runoff is an issue. And you know, every hard surface in our town, the streets, the sidewalks, the parking lots especially, and the rooftops, that's not water that is being allowed to absorb into the ground and you know get collected by plants and it runs off and has to be managed. So there are environmental benefits in, in, in that regard in, in managing runoff. And so you know I'm slowing down the flow of, of, of runoff uh, from the hard surfaces of the house. Anyone in Belmont or any, anywhere else nearby who, who uh, uh, is interested, I'd be happy to share my experience. I've learned a lot of things uh, in futzing with these rain barrels over time. Happy to have people come over and have a look and I'll, I'll show you parts and I'll show you things and share my know-how. And now we bring you next week's events with this week's community calendar. Kids in grades one through five can travel the world without leaving Chop Chop Test Kitchen. Chop Chop Family presents a cooking series featuring foods from Greece, India, Jamaica, Italy, and China next week. Kids can register for the full week or individual classes. Learn more and register on Belmont Rec's website. Help invent a never-before-seen comic book at the library on Monday at 10.30. Using ideas from the crowd, illustrator and improv teacher Eric Fulford will illustrate and tell the story of a brand new comic book hero. Next week is National Moth Week. Habitat will be participating in this national event by collecting data on these and other insects and arthropods as part of EarthWise Aware's Citizen Science Program. The data you provide will give insight into the diversity of urban wildlife. Register on Eventbrite. Bonnie Duncan presents a puppet show titled Go Home, Tidy Monster on Wednesday at 10.30 at the library. After Sylvie and her family of handmade monsters experience a loss of epic proportions, the audience must help them find their way to a new home. All ages can enjoy this show. Pack a blanket for a summer movie at the Underwood Pool on Thursday. Smallfoot will be playing on BMC's giant inflatable screen starting at 8.15. The screening is free and snacks will be available for purchase. Put on your saddle shoes, poodle skirt, and leather jackets because the Beach Street Center is having a summer sock hop. On Friday, July 26th at 1.15, enjoy cold treats and popular music from the Brill Project while that will get you up on your feet and twisting the afternoon away. The third annual Where's Waldo scavenger hunt closes on July 31st, and you can celebrate at Belmont Books at their Where's Waldo party on Saturday at noon. Visit the store for games, contests, prizes, and more. Grand prize winners who entered the contest will also be entered into a drawing. And that's all for next week. If you'd like your event featured in Belmont Journal's community calendar, you can send your event info to jane at belmontmedia.org. Thanks for watching. We'll see you next week.